to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Hey there, everybody. It's just Dave Kennedy for right now uh, to give you a little bit of recap of what's been happening on the podcast that is not going to be recorded the same way that we typically do. Uh, we had recorded this over a week ago and uh, Ben was having some technical get difficulties where the app kept crashing and we had to piece things together and it was a disaster. So then we were going to record while Ben was in town uh, this last week here and uh, I had some car issues where uh, I won't go into the full stories. We'll save that for another time. But uh, we basically uh, were driving 75 miles an hour down a freeway and my truck uh, completely died to where I had no power steering or power anything. And so I had to do kind of an emergency, um, you know, ditch type of thing. Uh, and luckily, everything was fine. No big deal. Just to be it turned out to be a minor issue, but uh, did not get the podcast recorded while he was here. And then we attempted to just do the podcast again uh, from his hotel in New York and here in the internet there is extremely terrible. So what we decided to do is do a solo act of 30 minutes of Dave and 30 minutes of Ben. So if this sucks, I apologize for this week's podcast, but we'll be back to a normal routine uh, starting off next week. So you're with me for the next 30 minutes. Uh, if you want to skip ahead or before whatever Ben decides to splice together, uh, you know, skip ahead 30 minutes just to hear Ben's sexy, you know, Irish voice. Uh, that's totally fine as well. I have some good stuff I want to talk about, um, specifically around uh, one of the latest Huberman Labs podcasts, which I really enjoyed a lot, as well as talk about, um, you know, some of the experiences I had this last week with Ben, as well as my new training program, uh, which hopefully you learn uh, a little bit about. Um, but I do want to say a special shout out to the WeHack Health community. It is just growing exponentially. Uh, ben has countless people that just joined the Hacks Version 1 program, which is going to be amazing for folks. So if you're not familiar with that, check out his website um, you know, uh, and uh, you know, take a look at what that program is. I think it's going to be really awesome for a lot of folks and where Ben can help a lot of different people. Um, but also just seeing the community expand uh, and grow and people having a lot of success with it. You know, I'm, count I'm seeing continuously. I was actually... Uh, randomly at a conference and someone came up to me and said, I've dropped 47 pounds just by reading your medium posts, and listening to the podcast every, every, every week. So um, it's really great to hear those success stories, the motivation uh, coming from people and people really taking control for the first time in their lives of their health and fitness, which I think is such an amazing accomplishment. And so kudos out to everybody here uh, that is out there grinding every single day that's out there you know, getting in the workouts, that's getting your steps in. If you're just starting off, congratulations on taking that that plunge and step. If you're if you're further along in it, awesome on keeping uh, progressing. It's just awesome things that we're seeing from this this community, this movement uh, in a industry that is extremely sedentary. And for folks that aren't moving around a lot, this is an awesome thing to see. Um, and uh, you know, as as a community, again, if you haven't uh, checked out our Discord server, great group of folks there, always contributing and helping out uh, to a positive community. 
and really trying to make everything uh, a better place. But uh, with that, I'll kick it off my, my first 30 minutes here uh, to talk a little about uh, the latest uh, Huberman Labs podcast, which I really enjoyed. I'm about three-fourths of the way through, so I'm not fully uh, done with it yet, but there were some amazing nuggets in there and uh, what I would consider as extreme validation of what we're talking about here uh, in, in the Hacking Your Health podcast. You know, when we talk about some of the, the fundamental concepts around weight loss, we're not talking about diets. We're not talking about, you know, uh, cutting carbs. We're not talking about cutting fat. We're not talking about cutting protein. We're talking about a system that allows you to be flexible in what you do in a world and society where high calorie foods are available all around us at an instantaneously self-gratifying dopamine inhibiting app that delivers things to us magically to our, our houses. And, uh, We've never had that from a human being perspective. And what's interesting is if you look at uh, some of the early pictures, you know, in the 30s and 40s, in the 50s and 60s, uh, obesity wasn't a major problem. And what we see now with all of these, you know, per, you know, heavily processed foods, artificial foods, highly, you know, uh, uh, you know, used with sugar and, and corn syrup and all of these different things, it, it's causing us to have this kind of pandemic that we see today. That's why we see an increase in cancer and comorbidities around obesity, um, heart issues with cardiovascular problems. And so, you know, to offset that, we have to be really conscious of what we're doing on a regular basis. And for me, you know, I've talked about my my history about being obese and always struggling with weight ever since I was a kid. You know, you look at my pictures when I was starting to hit 12, 13, 14 14, I started ballooning up really bad. 15, 16, 17, I was heavily obese. Uh, I knew that I couldn't continue on that same path, so I went into the Marine Corps, uh, knocked off some of the weight there, but as soon as I got out again, went right back to being obese again. So I struggled with obesity my entire life, and you know what we what we talk about here is is such a, a validation to hear on the podcast from you know Dr. Hu uh, Dr. Um, Andrew Huberman, as well as Dr. Lane Norton, who is one of the most famous experts on nutrition, protein metabolism, muscle gain, and fat losses. He's literally one of the most decorated and accredited uh, PhD doctors in this field. He's also a natural bodybuilder. Um, he's incredible. I just saw him. I think he was doing like a 665-pound deadlift. I'm, I'm jealous because I can only do 605, so I'm catching up to him. But uh, what's interesting about that podcast was uh, he talked about how our bodies work and how when we eat calories – uh, whether it's carbohydrate from from macronutrient perspective, um, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, uh, it it really talked about how that process works and how our body does a conversion of that to energy, and and it's all chemically driven in our bodies to a process that's called ATP, and ATP is is our energy in our body, and how carbohydrates are more explosive in nature for energy production in ATP, and how fats are converted to ATP, and how proteins are less converted. Uh, to energy, but use more so for protein synthesis. And when you start getting into what we've talked about before in the past on the on the, po on the podcast, we've talked about concepts like you know the basal metabolic rate, uh, the um, uh, total daily energy expenditure (TDEE). We talk about calories in versus calories out. He goes into great, you know, Dr. Norton uh, goes into great detail of all of those concepts and validates those very specifically and, and to the fact where it's it's fact and. You know, yes, there's there's nuances. It's not just calories in versus calories out. But at the end of the day, it is calories in versus calories out. So when you look at what you're trying to accomplish long term, we have to recognize that 
if we have more days than not eating more calories than we burn, we are going to be in an overweight status. If we eat less calories than we typically burn, we will be able to control our body weight to what we want to be able to accomplish. So that at the end of the day, regardless of what you're doing from a resistance training perspective, what you're doing from a cardiovascular perspective, what you're doing from a steps perspective, at the end of the day, nutrition is the most important thing out of all of this. And making sure that you have a good breakdown of macronutrients and making sure you have a good breakdown of what's going into your body is really important. Now, it's not to say that you're not going to have days where you have more calories you consume than you burn. You know, it's it's going to be hopefully more better days than not. But this framework that we talk about here on the podcast and what we've really tried to cover of, of how I've had a lot of success and what we're seeing from a lot of folks in the Hacking Your Health community is that if you control your nutrition, everything else starts to fall in line. You know, you eat carbohydrates for energy. You use fats for hormones and, you know, cardiovascular health and things of that effect. You use protein for muscle gain from a protein synthesis perspective. And all those things start to come together in a way that allows you to have a framework of being successful in this journey, whether it's putting on muscle mass or losing weight. Um, so these are key things that I think, you know, when you listen to this this podcast, and it's the latest episode, it just got released November uh, 7th. And it's, it's, it's Dr. Lane Norton, the science of eating for health, fat loss, and lean muscle. It's episode 97. I highly recommend taking a listen to this because, you know, it goes into the scientific research, how our bodies work, how ATP works, and how calories in versus calories out is literally fact. And at the end of the day, yes, there are certain things that we use for calories, like protein, for example, you know, may not be fully converted from hundred calories in perspective, might, you know, might, might it be 60 calories that we actually end up burning from a calorie perspective. But at the end of the day, having a baseline is really important. I also thought what was really interesting about the podcast is he said that the nutritional labels that we listen to uh, or that we see aren't always accurate. In fact, they are allowed to have a 20% variance. But he said, you know, listen, he's a huge advocate of counting calories. And he said, you know, listen, if you're eating the same types of foods day in and day out and you're still gaining weight, well, you know, you need to shave calories. And maybe the, the accuracy of that, that thing that you're scanning isn't purely accurate, but you know, based on weight loss or you know, measurements or things like that, that it's not necessarily working for you. You need to continue to cut those calories up to lose the ideal weight. So, you know, it was, it was validating all of the things that we had talked about, you know, several times on the podcast around, Hey, what's your total daily energy expenditure, um, you know, on a regular basis. And if you're not familiar with that, um, you know, check out our previous podcast or just go to wehack.health and go to the resources section there. And there is a total daily energy expenditure calculator that you can use and you enter in, you know, uh, gender, you enter your weight and height, your age, and it will calculate what your total daily energy expenditure is. Now, this is just a starting point. As you start to track calories, you know, you know, if you're not losing the ideal amount of weight, you need to shrink those a little bit more, a little bit more. And I would only recommend, you know, 100 to 200 calories per week, uh, you know, or per day um, that you'd be subtracting. I would, that's the most I would go and then continuously do it over time to see, you know, to get those desired results. Um but it was a really cool, cool podcast. He got into a lot of the different diets that are out there, ways of eating and some of the health benefits of intermittent fasting. You know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but intermittent fasting um, does not have any additional benefit of weight loss uh, than calorie restrictions. But it is great from a digestive perspective. Um, you know, it does definitely have some health benefits. Um, so there's some definitely good things about intermittent fasting. And I, I, I've known a lot of folks that have a lot of success. Uh, with intermittent fasting because it restricts them from eating 
during specific periods of time and it's an easy system. So maybe your feeding window is only from, you know, noon to, you know, eight o'clock at night. And that's the only time that you're allowed to eat and you stick to that. And that restricts your calories in a way that doesn't require you to count calories. So there's a lot of different ways of looking um, at it, but I thought, you know, the concept behind um, the macronutrients, how they produce energy, your total daily energy expenditures, how you want to lose weight, uh, as well as, you know, how he broke down a lot of the different areas inside the podcast was just uh, really fascinating. So I highly recommend, you know, taking a look at that. Um, it gets into, you know, post-exercise metabolic rates, appetite, um, gets into, you know, exercise routines, uh, weight loss versus maintenance, um, gut, gut health and microbiome is becoming a, a major area of research right now because they're starting to link a lot of things like aging, um, ailments that we have in our bodies directly to, um, directly to how well our gut microbiome is, um, and how we can kind of improve that, uh, gets into plant-based diets and artificial sweeteners and a bunch of other stuff. There's just so many topics. It was like a three and a half hour long podcast. Um, but it literally is a masterclass probably in everything that you need to know about energy, nutrition, macronutrients, uh, exercise, you know, sticking, staying away from processed foods, uh, and, and a lot of other things. Um, one of the other things that they mentioned on the podcast too, uh, was the carbon app, which I wasn't familiar with. And I've, uh, I use my fitness pal. I've used my fitness pal for over 800 days straight. Haven't missed a day. It's kind of a, a thing that I focus on as a staple. And with my fitness pal, um, it, you know, it's a great app and I've enjoyed it, but I just wanted to see what carbon was because this, this doctor obviously knew what he's talking about. And he talked about more of a science driven approach to this. So I downloaded carbon uh, just this morning and uh, I've been really impressed with it so far. Uh, if you're not familiar with the carbon app, if you look up carbon health, uh, it'll pop up uh, and it's uh, a way to track your macronutrients, but it also gives you a macronutrient breakdown and plan based on your total daily energy expenditure, how much weight you want to lose, and then it starts formulating that plan and calculating automatically what you need to eat uh, throughout the day. It also has a really great food database that you can scan things for. Um, and I've been really impressed with it so far. So I'm still doing both, but I'm starting to lean heavily more towards moving towards carbon uh, as an app because I think um, it has a lot more benefits of tracking on a regular basis and getting more refined to what I want to accomplish. And what I really liked about the app was when you first started up. And there's a caveat, it's, it's $9.99 a month, uh, or you can do a discounted rate, which is like six months for like 45 bucks. Um, but it, it, you know, obviously so subscri subscription based, you have to pay for it. Um, what I liked about it at first though, was when you, uh, sign up with the app, it asks you, Hey, what's your height? What's your weight? Um, all of these different things that, that, you know, runs through kind of your body and where you're at. It asks you if you know your body fat percentage or what it is. Um, you know, that's usually going to, unless you've done a DEXA scan or something like that, you're probably not going to know exactly how much um, body fat you have, but it'll still calculate that for you. And what I really liked about it was as soon as I put it in all that data, it had built me an automatic uh, macronutrient plan, calorie plan for calories in versus calories out. And it was basically spot on from what Ben had given me, uh, which is a good testament to Ben that he knows you know, what the hell he's doing. And obviously after several years, I, I can attest to that um, and a transformation that I've had here. But uh, what was interesting about it was, you know, it put me at about 2,100 calories a day. Uh, 208 grams of protein, about 171 grams of carbohydrates. And I think it was like 65 to 70 grams of fat. And I really like that approach because, you know, from an energy expenditure perspective, the carbohydrate is going to give me the most explosive amount of energy in ATP. The fat is, is still necessary, still can convert to ATP as well, uh, but also really good for, you know, lubrication of your body joints and things like that, your heart, hormones, that type of stuff. So you don't want to cut off fat. It's still very important in your body. 
And then obviously the protein intake based off of what your current weight is and then your percentage of body fat. You know, you typically want one um, pound of or one gram of protein per lean of uh, a pound of body mass. And so they had to put me at anywhere between you know, 208, 210 grams of protein, which is typically where I stay at. I, I usually go from 205 to 220 as a baseline of, of grams of protein that I use. And so it kind of mapped out exactly what I'm doing today already, which was really cool validation wise. And what I thought was really awesome that kind of blew my mind was everybody wants to lose as much weight as fast as possible, right? And so, you know, you go on these diets and you're trying to lose 50 pounds in two months or, you know, two weeks, whatever the hell it is. And um, what was really cool about it is if you took the slider and said, how many, what's your desired pounds that you want to lose per week? And it starts at like, I think like 1.5 pounds. If you slide it to pass or two or above, it's, it gives you a big warning saying, you know, hey, just so you know, you're going to be losing muscle as part of this. You shouldn't be doing more than two pounds a week uh, unless you want to lose muscle as part of that. So um, a good, you know, breakdown of that is saying, hey, I don't want to lose muscle, but I do want to lose fat. So what's a good balance between the macros that I need while tapering fat loss and increasing muscle mass or maintaining my muscle mass as I go through this? And so there's some really cool approaches that Carbon had taken um, through that that I thought was was really good. So anyways, that was uh, the breakdown of the podcast. Uh, I really thought it was really good. Um, they go into uh, various supplements that they they recommend, uh, like berberine uh, from a um, glucose perspective where it kind of maximizes glucose in your body, uh, increases insulin resistance from a natural perspective. It talks about you know, supplements like creatine as being some of the most ones out there. So nothing really new from that side. And, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about supplements in great detail in here. It's not necessary unless you're doing, you know, macro micronutrient testing and blood work and really basing those those things off of you. Aside from, you know, maybe fish oils, um, broccoli sprout extracts um, and, uh, you know, creatine is kind of the three staple ones that, you know, we typically recommend based on what we've seen from, you know, a research perspective. But, those are all things that, um, you know, you learn from the podcast and I thought it was a really good one. So if you get time to check it out again, episode 97 from that one, um, I thought that was really good. So switching topics, I wanted to talk about uh, my new training program uh, that I just got this week, which is block five uh, from Ben's training program. You know, what's interesting about and what I really like about Ben, and I'll talk a little about how these this, this workout's done. Most people have, you know, a standard workout routine, which is like, you know, push, pull legs, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe full body exercises, whatever your your uh, job is, um, you know, how many times you can go to the gym, the time you can commit and the type of programs that you do. And a lot of people are looking for pre-programmed things that are on the Internet. What I really liked about Ben's program is one, it's very specific off of the equipment that I have in my house. Um, so it's 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 tailored towards the exercises that I can do at my house. And two, it's also based on my goals. So I'd spoken to Ben and I said, listen, you know, I want to get bigger arms. So how can I maximize, you know, I, like uh, one of my weakest spots originally when I first started out was my chest. And so we worked very heavily on chest uh, as part of my routines. And my chest is filled in very nicely and it's, it's looking great. And you know, I always want to continue to grow that, but I want to catch up other body parts that are, that are through it. My calves, I've already, you know, signed off as those are, those are losing art. I still try to hit those, you know, two or three times a week, but uh, my calves don't seem to ever grow. But the, um, other area that I want to hit was my arms, you know, specifically biceps and triceps and, and my delts, my shoulders. And uh, so Ben's program was really neat the way that he split it up uh, and it really maximizes my arms, but also uh, allows me to switch things up a little bit. So push days for me were typically heavy, you know, bench, you know, exercises for bench, cable flies, 
you know, things like that, that were going to hit my, 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 my uh, chest first. And then from there, I typically do shoulders and then I would do triceps, right? Uh, what I liked about the program this time, I just want to give a, a shout out to Ben for it. And this is a cool technique that you can use in your resistance training programs if you're building your own, um, is taking those exercises that you typically do and, and splitting them up a bit, especially if they're big um, body parts or party parts you want to work on. A good example of that is, um, so I train Monday and it's a push day, but it's a, a push day focused on chest. So I go heavy chest. I start off with, you know, an incline bench press. Then I do dumbbell bench presses. Uh, then I do cable flies. Then I do shoulder press. Then I do lateral raises. Then I do single arm lat raises until burnout. Uh, then I do tricep extensions, uh, cross body tricep extensions, push up still failure. And then I do abs. So that is my general workout for, for that day. Uh, Tuesday is uh, legs and biceps. So I do legs, uh, you know, various uh, legs, but it's a heavy um, uh, focus on uh, glutes and hammies that day. And then Wednesday, I do Orange Theory. So I do Orange Theory Monday. So I do Monday, Orange Theory. Then in the afternoon, I do a lift uh, for push. Tuesday, I do legs and arms, uh, specifically focus on biceps. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. So we do biceps uh, on, on Tuesday. And then Wednesday uh, is kind of my rest day, but I still do Orange Theory. And then Thursday is my pull day. So uh, heavy focus on um, glutes and hammies and my uh, back and uh, biceps as part of that. So I've given myself two days of recovery there. Thursday's another day for back and biceps. Um, and then Friday is a push day, but it's focused heavy on shoulders first. So switching it up from chest to shoulders, heavy shoulders first. So I started with a heavy log press, which is uh, this big log bar. You can get them off of Rogue. I love them. It's a neutral grip, um, big ass log that you're basically steel log that you're lifting up above your head. I think that you know, you can get different different versions. My version is like 80 pounds base, and I usually throw a couple 25s on there in each side. And so, you know, you're doing overhead presses heavy as heck, you know, six to six to eight rep ranges typically with a back offset of, of, you know, 10 to 15. And then I go to, you know, military press. Then I go to single arm uh, shoulder press with, uh, you know, on the landmine. Then I move to chest. So my heavy focus that day is shoulders. I'm still hitting chest. I'm still growing chest. Uh, but my focus that day is on shoulders. And obviously I hit triceps last since it's a small muscle group. I'm not going to usually use that as a main focus for that time. And then uh, uh, Saturday is again, legs and uh, legs and biceps. So I do heavy quad focus that day. Um, also a combination of deadlifts and things like that as well, but heavy, heavy quad focus um, that day. And uh, just, you know, all around really good, um, well-rounded um, thing, but I'm only lifting, you know, I say only, but I'm lifting five days a week with two days of HIIT training. Um, and I found that to be really effective and fun uh, to go through. So technically Wednesdays and Sundays, even though Wednesdays, I still do Orange Theory are my two days that I go through uh, and do those two. So, you know, shout out to Ben for that specific training program. When you're planning resistance training programs out, you know, what do you want to accomplish as far as what muscle groups you want to grow and focus on and make those stronger? And can you hit those more throughout the week? And typically, you know, based on research, they say 48 hours is, a, you know, anywhere between 24 and 48 hours for a muscle group is a good amount of time for that to be able to recover. 40 hours, 48 hours is most ideal. It doesn't mean you can't train other muscle groups. It just means those muscle groups specifically, you know, you can't uh, actually go and train as you're going through. So, you know, um, so I got to go through that uh, this this last week here, go through that full training program. I thought it was really well designed. And as you're going through, if you start building your own training programs, 
you know, again, there's there's different rep ranges. Uh, you know, I always recommend your first compound movement, uh, whether that's bench press or, you know, deadlift or squats, um, you know, or anything that's going to be a big, big, big muscle movement, rack pulls. Um, I'd recommend going heavy on those anywhere between, you know, three to six or three to eight rep range uh, in those uh, and going heavy. Uh, that's going to increase your strength. And then from there, you know, blowing those muscles out anywhere between the eight to 15 rep range, you know, till, till muscle, till, you know, near muscle failure or to muscle failure um, is we're going to get the size and the growth of both those fast switch fibers for strength and those short, short twitch fibers uh, for the size and, and you know, look and, and endurance uh, for those specific muscles. So good ways of breaking those out as you start to go along uh, and go through all of those. Um, last thing I'll hit on is just uh, talking a little bit about the week that I had uh, with Ben here. Uh, and what I really like about having somebody with you and having to, to, to sit there with you as you're going through exercises is you try different exercises, you try different ways um, of, of hitting your muscles in a different way. And then you know, your training programs kind of come back a little bit different. So, you know, one of the exercises that I really like is uh, you, you basically it's, it's a lying down, um, you know, cross body lateral raise. And the way that you do it is if you're at a, a gym and they have, you know, two um, uh, bands or, you know, ropes on each side, you basically just take the ends of those and you cross your hands with them and you lay back at a kind of a 45 degree angle um, on, on a bench and you start to bring your hands back, you know, towards a lateral raise. And it takes away um, your ability to leverage your back and really get that contraction really well on your muscles. Also, one of the things that I've been really focusing on as part of that mind-body connection and muscle um, is not um, giving your muscles time to rest. And if you watch any of Jay Cutler's videos, who's a real famous bodybuilder, I really enjoy watching um, his form of techniques. It's it's kind of unusual. Uh, what I mean by unusual, he's he's fast. He usually just stays in the 12 to 15 rep range. And like his shoulder presses are like barely above his head. It's like not, you know, fully going up. But he, what he's doing and what I find really interesting uh, is when you full, if you're doing a, a shoulder press and you're coming up, and you go all the way up and you're kind of almost locking your arms up, you're giving your shoulders a break at that period of time to relax and recover slightly. And you want uh, the most time under tension. So, you know, what Jay focuses on is ensuring that there's always consistent resistance on his shoulders and never giving it time to uh, relax. Same thing in your chest and everything else. You know, you're going for a bench press, never fully locking out and continuing that pressure on your chest. So, you know, as you're going up, not fully going up and keeping the tension on that muscle as it's going up and then slowly coming down to continue that contraction of the muscle. So some of the things that I've been focusing on very heavily as of late um, is really trying to uh, focus on as much time under tension and focus on um, all those different things that I can do. And it's always great having a partner. Uh, one of my buddies, Chris, uh, has been coming over uh, as a friend of mine has been coming over and we lift together. And it's always cool being able to see each other lift and work on each other as things are going along. So having a motivating partner um, that knows what they're doing and can and help you out as you're going through too can, can also be beneficial. So if you have the ability to have a partner at the gym, it's also a great thing. Although uh, our, our lifts, uh, you know, a normal lift might take like an hour, hour and a half. Ours usually take like two hours because we're always just BSing and having a good time, which is totally fun. And I love, I love doing it. So, you know, shout out to Chris as my, my lifting buddy here, um, you know, that I usually have. Uh, not to be confused with Ben as well. There's plenty of, of trainers, uh, plenty of friendship uh, times in, in training uh, in, in this, you know, in, in my heart there. So, um, but uh, having some good times with lifting with buddies and, and getting that muscle contraction going as we go along. 
Uh, last thing I'll hit on uh, as we uh, go through this is I just wanted to have a, a last discussion very briefly uh, on motivation because um, I think uh, motivation is probably the single biggest thing that you can do to keep yourself going in this journey. And if you lose motivation, you lose your drive. Uh, it's one of those things that can really be detrimental to your health. It can be detrimental to your program. It can be detrimental to your discipline. And so, you know, I'll just give you an example of today uh, that happened. And and uh, just to give you an example of, of pushing through it. Um, so, sorry, my screen went off there for a second there. Um, so with, with today, uh, I had to wake up super early uh, at 530 in the morning, which I'm getting more used to again in the mornings, but I still don't like it that much. Uh, but I had to get up at 530 in the morning and uh, go to Orange Theory. Now, I, I every part of my mind was saying, listen, dude, just it's one day. you got a push day this afternoon. Why don't you just sleep for another hour and a half? Just go do your push and then maybe just go out from extra steps and skip Orange Theory. Like everything was saying that to me. And uh, I look up and I'm like, no, you know, like. I don't have an option. I have to go to Orange Theory. You know, you, you hear this commonly for me if you listen to the podcast, but I'm one of those guys that is like, no, I, I have to go to Orange Theory. So I got up begrudgingly, you know, got got changed um, and I went downstairs and you know what? So one thing that I've always talked about is, is you know, if you get your lifts done early in the morning, um, it has the effect of already having an established positive day. You're having a positive day because you've already accomplished something. And I came downstairs and my kids were getting ready for school, which I don't always get to see because I'm not always up that early. And, you know, it's, at this point, it's like six o'clock in the morning. And my daughter's listening to Christmas music. She comes over and gives me a big hug. You know, my two boys come over and give me high fives. We're all talking about how we're going to have a great day. You know, they gave me hugs and they go out the door to, to school and I leave for Orange Theory. And funny story of Orange Theory, there's a guy next to me that totally looked like he was trying to beat me. Real athletic build, more of a runner, long distance runner. Uh, I definitely beat him. Uh, just saw that out there. Uh, even though if he wasn't competing with me or not, I didn't care. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got out of orange theory. I pushed myself really hard and I sat in the car and I was just happy. I was happy because I had overcome my laziness. I had overcome my mind telling me, no, just sleep in. I didn't give myself an option and there's no reason for it. My recovery was good. I had gotten good sleep. Uh, I had done all the right things that I was supposed to do. Uh, the day before. It's just, I didn't feel it. And I overcame that. I was like, listen, I'm going to go and do it. And I'm going to make myself a better person. And at the end of the day, that's what differentiates us between success and failure. It's fighting yourself every day to say, listen, I don't have a choice in this. I'm going to go and do it. Um, I'm going to do myself better. I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. I'm going to be stronger than I was yesterday and be faster than I was yesterday. I'm going to eat better nutritionally than I did yesterday. It's that drive and that discipline that we have to have in ourselves that allow us to succeed and move forward. And I know all of you can do it and you're already doing it. I see it in the, the hacking your health community. I see it with all these people having some amazing results that they never had before in the past. Stay in the system, stay in a system that allows you to be flexible, that allows you to have days of failure, but hitting right back on it. I saw uh, two people today that said, I am so happy today. It's the first time I've been able to hit the gym because either A, I had surgery or B, I was sick this last week. I'm so excited to get back to the gym. I'm, I'm so energetic to get back to the gym. That drive will continue to make you successful. It takes time to get there. If you're just starting off on this journey and the gym is a chore, 
that changes. That changes drastically as you do it more often and as you have a positive uh, feel for it of accomplishing something after you've gone and done it. And you continue to do that over and over again, your brain will eventually say, okay, I give up. I'm going to go and do this. I like it. Let's continue to do this more often. But believe in yourself, do yourself a favor and continue to push through that discipline. You don't have a choice. You have to do it just like you brush your teeth, just like you put deodorant on. You have to get that lift in. You have to go get that that cardio and you have to go get those steps in. You have to eat nutritionally the right way. Those are the things that are going to make things a lot better. Uh, The last thing I'll cover really quick here, and it's just a two-second story, is uh, I decided to take Ben to a uh, haunted house, and uh, it was uh, it happened to be probably the worst weekend for Ben to come here. And obviously, for me, uh, we do things in extremes. So I was like, hey, I'm not going to take Ben to just a you know blah type of of haunted house. I'm going to take him to the most haunted house, you know, the most scariest haunted house here in Ohio. And it happened to be a week that was called blackout, where they they shut out all the lights, and you get this little tiny rinky dink flashlight. And then I also bought touch passes, which that means it can throw you around. Um, I will say that both Ben and I definitely sounded like a bunch of little children uh, screaming and yelling and being scared and being thrown into walls. And the one that got us both the worst is we went to this little car section and there's a guy that starts chasing us with a chainsaw. Ben starts running and then a second guy comes out with a chainsaw and they corner Ben and they basically start touching him with a chainsaw. He jumps up onto me. I jump up as well. And we're basically like a bunch of two little little, little kids uh, 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 screaming at the top of our lungs. These grown adults that are these big muscle building, you know, type of people that are supposed to be tough and everything else. And these two probably teenagers with chainsaws totally are terrifying us. Uh, so it was a great experience. And Ben got definitely acclimated to the American way of of doing haunted houses. And uh, it was a great house. It's called Chippewa Lake Slaughterhouse. Uh, I took my son there the day after and he handled it. He had my son handled it. 10 times better than the both of us. There's no question about it. He was like, dad, it's scary, but this is awesome. We were like, please don't hurt us. You know, like it was, it was, it was fun. So good times, but uh, hope you enjoyed this half hour part of the podcast. Hope you enjoy the next half hour of the podcast. I apologize profusely for um, this awkward format uh, for this week, but we'll get back to normal next week and uh, bring you back some good dialogue between Ben and I. Um, but have a great time. Listen to Ben coming up next, or if he was first, if he decided to put me first or him first, it's totally fine. Um, but uh, enjoy the next half hour, or if you're already finishing up, thanks again for listening to Hacking Health. Share us, uh, you, know, uh, you know, our hashtag We Hack Health on Twitter, Instagram, social media, Facebook, etc. Um, you know, share us to your friends and family if you're enjoying this, and we'll catch you back next week later on. <laughs>Yo, what is up? <laughs> what an episode this will be. So I am assuming that Dave has filled you guys in um, on the shit shows that we've had to deal with in recording this episode. We tried to record it last Monday, which was the 31st of October, um, the day before I started travel. And that just was not the day. My camera kept cutting out. We tried like three times and potentially I'll do, I'll put that together and have this at the end as like a bonus half hour episode. Um, and then obviously we tried to record it a week later today, which is the 7th of November. And the Wi-Fi in the hotel at Epstein just was not allowing it. So we decided that instead of just not posting anything, that we would record 30 minutes each um, and then just put it together. So I have absolutely no idea what 
what Dave has recorded because it's currently downloading on the shitty Wi-Fi. So I thought I would just go for it um, with what I wanted to do. First of all, I would imagine that if this was a, a regular episode, Dave would ask me how things are and what's been going on. Um, so things are good. <laughs> I am obviously traveling at the minute. I was in Ohio for, I guess, five days. Um, and now I'm in New York. We will do a sort of recap rundown episode on what happened in my time in Cleveland. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I think every time I travel to Ohio or travel to Cleveland, someone gives me a hard time, whether it's the people at immigration or other people who live in America as to what the fuck is there to do in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and I mean, I always have fun when I'm there. Uh, so I did that. Today, I'm in New York. Um, I've spent the entire day having calls with people who are coming on board into the HACS program, um, which I'm actually really excited for. Um, I, like I've said before, it's a really cool group of people. It is, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think one of the most unique things about it is everybody will be starting at the same time. Um, so I'm excited to see where everybody will be in three months time, six months time, 12 months time, um, and how their sort of relationship with each other, their relationship with each other has developed over time. Um, Cause I think that that is often a big, big part of uh, the group dynamic. Um, we also launched or dropped or released, whatever way you want to put it, the Nashville edit, um, which I was very, very happy about. Uh, Ryan absolutely fucking nailed it, to be honest. and. It made me want to go back and it makes me excited for future in-person events that we do. I think it perfectly portrays exactly what we're trying to achieve. Um, it portrays the community aspect, it portrays the training aspect, the nutrition aspect, the fun, the friendship, everything that sort of comes along with with what we're trying to achieve um, from a wee hack health community basis and beyond. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I genuinely watched it probably about seven times back to back. Um, another cool thing from Ryan this week, I got some client testimonials back. Um, so if you check out the website, bc.training forward slash testimonials, uh, you'll get to see some testimonials from a couple of the guys too. Um, and one of the coolest things about them, in my opinion, is the sort of B-roll footage over the top of it. So it's not just the standard talking at the camera situation. Um, so that was cool too. If you could honestly see the set setup that I have here, trying to record this, I'm recording it on my phone because for some unknown reason to me, the webcam on a MacBook is like recording on a potato. So I'm recording it on my phone. Uh, the phone is propped up against the water bottle, against the window. Uh, it's plugged in and I have my laptop sitting open in front of me. Um, I had thought of a couple of different things that I potentially could speak on and I think probably the, the one that I kept coming back to, I'm talking about this as if I've had loads of time to prep for this. Basically, we tried to record it. It didn't work. I went for a walk. Um, <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, I went to a walk to buy new set of boxers because I still don't have my bag from traveling from British Airways. I haven't had it for a week. Um, and I've just had to buy things every day. Um, so that's where I was. Went for a walk, thought about the entire time that it was on the way down. Uh, and I think probably the, the thing that I kept coming back to was recent conversations that I've had with everybody who's coming on board in the new program. 
Um, and the thing that I sort of wanted to, to home in on that was what their struggles are. Uh, so yeah, I've obviously been speaking about this quite frequently over the past couple of weeks. I do have literally their their questionnaires open in front of me so I can actually go by exactly what they've been saying. Um, and sort of the the advice that I've been given or the advice that I would give in specific situations. There are a couple of things that people in general struggle with um, and I want to just sort of give my advice on that as well because uh, I think that there's no way that the people that I'm speaking to are the only people who are struggling with specific things. So the first one and probably the one that I speak about the most or most frequently or I hear, see, listen to people complain or struggle with more than anything else whenever it comes to any sort of health and fitness journey is how to hit your fucking protein goal. I honestly have a conversation with somebody about this at least one time per day um, and it's an area that as I said it comes up time and time again and it is one that doesn't seem to be going away and there are a few without going into like super specifics there are a few key pointers that I give to sort of set people on the on the right path with this uh, first one is look at your protein goal and divide it between the meals that you have so instead of I'll talk 200 grams for example because that's what I do so if you have 200 grams of protein and you split that across four meals that's 50 grams of protein per meal if you split that across five meals it's 40 grams of protein per meal and if you focus up if you focus on it as a per meal basis it's much easier to manage and navigate that in line with it being a per meal basis if you're struggling to hit that number whether it's 30 40 50 whatever it is with the meals that you're currently having the easiest thing that you can do in that situation is look at the protein source from the plate and eat slightly more of it i think oftentimes people wonder where they're going to get it from or what magic meal they need to do or the extra meal that they need to have or where it can come from but in actual fact if you focus your meals around a protein source you're already having a protein source and you just have a little bit more of that so whether it's you're having three eggs have four if you're having you know 150 grams of chicken, have 200 grams of chicken, whatever it needs to be, six ounce steak, eight ounce steak, whatever. Um, slightly more in every single meal will help you come over that mark that you need across the meals across the day. The other thing is, and I have to credit Matt for this one, um, I can't remember when he spoke about this, but he basically, what he does with his clients is get them to look at their plate and split it into the protein, fats and carbs. And if you literally look at the amount of carbs that you have and the amount of protein that you have, half the amount of carbs and double the amount of protein it's going to be the same amount of calories because there's roughly the same amount of calories because there's four gram, four calories per gram of each both protein and carbs um and that's another easy way to just sort of look at your plate and do it the third way or the third piece of advice that i would give is don't be afraid to supplement with shakes of some sort so if you're trying to hit 200 grams and you're consistently like 160 to 170 have a protein shake to take you over and above now i wouldn't recommend having too many servants uh because you don't get the full benefits of having actual real food and obviously we need to you know there's a lot of benefits that come from actually chewing and eating food and not just drinking um so i wouldn't rely on it too much but if you're getting a pretty varied wide range of different protein sources throughout the day there is zero issues with having a protein supplement 
over and above on top of that. Um, I would plan meals around your protein. Uh, I would also have protein snacks. Um, um, you maybe heard me talk about this before slash seen on social media, but I'm a big fan of just eating like deli meats. Roast beef is the is the go-to at the minute. Um, Brazola, also another one. Sliced turkey, sliced chicken, all those sort of things. If you have them on hand, it makes it that little bit easier. Um, and yeah, just adding bits here and there throughout the day or throughout different meals definitely helps alongside that. Beef jerky is also a good one. It's something that I have had today because even with travel, I want to make sure that I'm taking the box and hitting the protein target with that. Uh, second thing that I hear people struggle with a lot is sleep. Um, and this, I mean, this is something that I struggle with myself. And when it comes to sleep, we oftentimes think that we can get away with having less sleep than we actually can. And oftentimes that fucks us <laughs> in the long run. Maybe you can get away with it in terms of you can stay alive um, or I guess survive, but it's difficult to sort of thrive uh, and progress forward in other areas if you're not getting the full good quality night's sleep. And this is something that James pushed and pushed and pressed me on um, for the longest time whenever it came to boundaries and things that I had sort of set out and wanted to do myself. As I said before, when I originally reached out to James, it wasn't really a physique-based goal that I had. It was more a mental clarity, mental capacity, focus, being able to handle a bigger workload, etc. And I knew that the way to do that was through training and nutrition. Apologies as well if you can hear any madness in the background. I am in New York, I am staying in Times Square, and I am 56 floors up, but I can still hear all the madness out there. Um, so yeah, it was a big it was a big focus on me, and I know that I work better if I get up earlier, um, generally between 4 and 4.30 a.m. And if I don't go to bed on time, and I don't go through my nighttime and evening routine, yes, okay, maybe we'll get some amount of sleep, but the quality is shit. Um, and then that then starts to eat into the next day. So we set some pretty firm guidelines or boundaries in the evening. It's actually a tick box in my check-in sheet. Um, and it is basically to finish work no later than nine o'clock, no screens, no blue light, no any distractions after 9.30 and be in bed by 10. And truthfully, I mean, I'm gonna say the majority of the time, it's coming up to 8.30 now, but this is an exception to get this out for you guys. Um, but generally I try and finish in and around eight o'clock. There is one night a week that I do have my weekly group call, which is a Wednesday that finishes at nine o'clock. But straight after that, I get into my sort of wind down routine in the office. So it is clean down my desktop, delete any files that need deleted, and then clean down, physically clean down my actual desk and set myself up for the next day write out my to-do list so I don't have anything going around my head that I'm going to miss anything the next day and then spend like 20-30 minutes doing something to sort of switch off not on a device whether it's read a book go for a walk something to just sort of clear my head more than anything else and then I go to bed and that is pretty much the long and short of it and I have realized over time that if I go to bed at half nine I will get up before my alarm goes off or I will wake up before my alarm goes off but if I leave it even an hour later getting up at that half four time is a, is a chore in itself. Um, and to me, I value getting up early and getting ahead of the day and being that a little bit more productive in the morning. Um, so it's worth that sort of 
I don't want to say sacrifice, because I don't really think I sacrifice anything by going to bed at half nine, but it's worth having those boundaries in place. Um, and I think that if you can do that and set yourself up with that, it, it can definitely help. A couple of tips around sleep, rather than me just telling you what I do. Um, number one is definitely have some sort of physical to-do list written out. I think sometimes people go to bed and they haven't sort of fully switched off from work or whatever it is and oftentimes that's just things ideas circling around their head or I need to remember to do this or you know oh I have to send that email or I'll talk to that person tomorrow and I sure as shit know that no matter what it is no matter how many times I think about it no matter how many times I've been in this position if I'm lying in bed and something comes to me and I think I'll remember that in the morning not one time ever in my life have I remembered that in the morning, so it needs to be written down. If it's not written down, it's not my to-do list, it's not getting done. Um, and to-do lists and lists and productivity is another podcast that, that Dave and I will record. Um, I was talking to a client earlier on and I was just talking about my to-do list and he suggested that, that would be a good sort of, uh, I guess, tip podcast on tips on how to be productive and how to sort of switch off and things like that so that'll be a whole other episode in itself where actually both of us are here and it's not, not me just sat on my phone having a conversation um so yeah have some sort of wind down routine have some sort of to-do list have some sort of like evening routine now it doesn't need to be 20 things 20 boxes to tick to get to sleep for me it's just a case of switch off wind down the computer, delete everything that needs deleted, switch the computer off, wind down the desk, write my to-do list, and do something that is non-screen related, whether that is read a book or write something or go for a walk, um, and then get into bed. Doesn't need to be a massive extensive one. Uh, another one that I would suggest, and I've spoken about this recently, is having some sort of uh, scent or smell that you associate with sleep. Uh, this can obviously be across the board in terms of whether it's focus or de-stress or whatever, but if we're talking about sleep, uh, it's something that you can look at. Uh, I did used to use like a pillow spray that was just like a lavender flavor. Sometimes I use like the oil diffuser and I'll, I'll put a sleep or a wind down uh, essential oil in it. And that sort of association with sleep will help me get over to sleep. Obviously, you know, there's a supplements conversation, but I wouldn't have that one until you've sort of exhausted every other aspect or everything else, uh, because while supplements are great, there's things that don't cost anything that you can do to sort of help get you over to sleep. Another one is to cool down your room. So a colder room, a dark room, a quiet room, all those sort of sleep hygiene things as well. Uh, and the last one that I sort of use is your body temperature. Um, and for the longest, longest, longest time, I would have had a cold char, thinking that would help me cool down. But what happens in a cold char is your internal temperature, your internal body temperature starts to heat up because your body is cold. So it actually makes you warmer whenever you get into bed. So generally I'd have like a really warm char if I feel like I'm gonna struggle to get over to sleep um, or a hot bath. And then what that'll do is my body will start dumping out the heat because it thinks my body's really warm, my internal temperature will cool down. Therefore my body temperature will cool down and therefore it will help me get to sleep quicker. So being cooler, quiet, dark room, um, will definitely help on all those fronts. Um, obviously, one throughout the day to keep an eye on is your caffeine intake. Try not to have caffeine. Depending on how sensitive you are to it or how much you tolerate it, um, try and not have caffeine after like 
12, two o'clock at the absolute latest. And I know there are people who be like, oh, I could have a cappuccino or an espresso and then go to bed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, same, me too. But my sleep quality and the quality of sleep that I get and the amount of time that I spend in deep sleep or REM sleep is shit compared to if I have that sort of wind-down routine and I don't have caffeine so late going to bed. So it's not necessarily about can you get over to sleep, it's the quality of your sleep that you get. It is the amount of deep sleep that you get and all these other aspects that sort of come into it. So sleep is a big one as well. Um, I'm conscious of, I have no idea how long I've been recording for, so I'm just going to go through a couple of these as well. Um, one thing actually that I've spoken about quite a bit today specifically is people being discouraged in a muscle building phase with progress versus in a fat loss phase. And I think that there's a couple of sort of points to elaborate on this. Uh, number one being, in a fat loss phase, not that I'm saying it is easier by any stretch of the imagination, but in a fat loss phase, it is easier to stay focused. The process isn't easier, but it's easy to, easier to stay focused because you can see the results. There's a direct correlation by the of the work that you put in and the number on the scales or how your body looks or what your measurements are doing. And it's easy to keep you focused because you see those numbers changing, whereas a muscle building phase or a surplus or whatever you want to call it, it's much more difficult to see things happen as quickly. The physical change is slow as hell. The weight change, the measurements, everything is very, very slow on the way up, uh, especially if you're used to how quickly things happen on the way down or how quickly things can happen on the way down. It's difficult to have that sort of mental switch over to a muscle building phase and people have, have mentioned a couple of times today that they can sometimes get discouraged and they can sometimes think, fuck it, is this worthwhile? And then they just go down and spiral out of control. The thing for me that I sort of focus on whenever I'm making that switch is I put more of an emphasis onto my logbook and my training. And I use that as my measure of progress. And the thing about that is you can still see progress on a daily or a weekly basis, depending on sort of where you're at within the, within the phase. And if for me, progress is progress. And I think that something I've come to realize recently is one of the main things that I enjoy about training is progress. It's not anything about physical change. It's not anything about specific to whatever the movement is or whatever the type of exercise is. The thing that I enjoy is progress. Um, and that's across the board with a lot of things in life. But what I mean by that is for me, I enjoy the feeling of being better today than I was yesterday. Uh, and you've heard Dave talk about this quite a lot, but I mean, if if we go into what your logbook looks like and how you progressively overload in it, it's basically, okay, last week I did 10 reps at 200 pounds. This week I need to get 11 or 12, and then I need to up the weight, and that's how you progress. Um, so it's progress in that factor. It's progress, as I've spoken about before, uh, whenever I was in Ohio last time and I did Orange Theory. I'm not saying I enjoy hit classes or Orange Theory at all, but I did enjoy feeling better in that second session than I did the first time around. And even with the cardio that I've been doing sort of up until shoot time, I was doing 20 minutes in a day and then I was doing 25 minutes a day and then I was doing 30. I don't necessarily know that I would say that I enjoyed any minute of it at all, but I enjoyed feeling like I was getting better, fitter, able to recover quicker, whatever it is, I was feeling better overall. So it's been, able to sort of switch your thought process uh, on progress and where it's coming from. 
and differentiating between the fat loss and muscle building phase because that's something that has has definitely helped me and helped other clients that I've worked with. And the other thing that I have spoken quite a lot recently is, about recently is habits. Um, and obviously habits is the H and Hacks program. And for anybody who, who listened to that episode where I announced it the first time, yes, the H did change quite a lot and it has changed quite a lot um, up until Ryan was at my house in the office and we were recording it. And I can't remember how the conversation went, but he said, I don't use habits and I was like that's the one that's the one that makes the most sense but anyway habits um, and ultimately for me the reason that that fits so well into the program is because it is the foundation of all progress and the reason that I speak about it quite a lot is because everything that we do is habitual in some way shape or form whether it's good or bad it's formed over time and sometimes it's difficult to break those habits if they're negative, and sometimes it's difficult to incorporate new habits. But ultimately, for me, the habit thing needs to it needs to fall in line with what I value and the what I'm trying to achieve. Ultimately, the person that I'm trying to become. Uh, and if I start to think, okay, right, well, you know, future me in five years, whatever it is, what does that person look like? And what are that person's habits? What does that person do on a daily basis? How does that person make decisions? How does that person manage stress? How does that person manage confrontation? How does that person manage communication? Whatever it is, and that to me is ultimately how I sort of make my decisions and how I sort of navigate day-to-day life. But when it comes to habits, there are things that I have that are non-negotiable. Um, and even the, the cardio thing, up again, up until the shoot, it became a habit. It became something that I did every single day. Initially, I tied it off the back of training. So what I would do is I would go to the gym, I would come home, I would do 10, 15 minutes on the bike, and I would do that four or five times a week, depending on how many times I was training. It was easy for me to do that as a habit because I was tying it into a habit that I already did, i.e. going to the gym. Um, And then once I sort of got the feel-good factor of it, I started adding more time. So I would have went from 10 minutes to 15, 15 minutes to 20, 25, 20, 25, 30, etc. Um, and then I would have started doing it in somewhere in there. I would have started doing it on my non-training days as well. So it was an everyday thing. Um, so yeah, tan things off the back of things that you already do is generally quite an easy one. Um, whether it is you, for brushing your teeth, if you want to do something that is in the morning, for example, take supplements um, and you leave them beside your toothbrush, tooth, brushing your teeth is something you do every single morning. So if you want to remember to take your supplements, put your supplements beside that, beside your toothbrush. Uh, another one is drinking enough water. I always think, again, this is something people struggle with across the board, but for me, having a water bottle with you or around you at all times will remind you to drink water. It's as simple as that. Um, another one that I have stolen from James Clear and Atomic Habits is making it, I don't know if he said making it sexy. It doesn't sound right, but I think that's what he did say. Um, but making it accessible is probably um, more reasonable in terms of what I'm saying. And for that, the re- or what I would look at doing for that, for example, if you want to read more, so here's my book that I'm reading at the minute, um, or you want to journal more, or you want to do something more, you need to find somewhere that you have it that you can visibly see it. So even if we talk about the supplements thing again, every night before I go to bed, I'll leave my supplements out for the next day. So whenever I get up and I go down to get a glass of water or whatever it is, the supplements are sat there, so I need to take them because they're sat out there. If it is a case of reading the book, what I do 
when I'm at home is, and even here, I'll put it on, on top of my laptop or on top of my computer or on top of my keyboard. And it means I physically have to lift the book off. Now, if reading is something that I want to do, if I lift it off and I put it out of the way, then I really, really don't want to read. But it's then in my hand because I've had to physically lift it off before I can actually start doing any work. So things like that. And the opposite as well, you know, if you're trying to get rid of a habit, make it out of sight, out of mind. Um, and the, fifth, the first thing that comes to mind in this is snacks in a snack cupboard. Um, I think that the, one of the greatest things that you can do when it comes to that is you have a habit of finding yourself in the snack cupboard. What you need to do in that situation is change the snack cupboard, get rid of all the snacks out of them, put them somewhere else and put something that you really don't want to do but you know that you should do in that cupboard. So for example, if we talk about reading again because there's a book sat in front of me, if you want to make a reading a habit and basically empty empty the snack drawer, empty the snack cupboard and put a book in it. And every time you go to that cupboard and open the open the drawer or open the door, you have to read a chapter of a book. And you sure as shit will either A, read the full book or stop going and looking for snacks. Um, so yes, that's a sort of sideline on habits. Let me see what else we got going on here. Uh, the motivation one's simple because, I mean, motivation is bullshit, it will come and go, but we start to focus on discipline and what that looks like. And, it's just something that is built out over time. Um, consistency is another one here. And again, you know, it's not something that can you can just look at short term. Consistency is accepting the fact that, okay, I've made this commitment to myself. I want to do this, this, and this every single day. And recognizing that some days will be shit and you'll not get it done. But you then make the you make the those days few and far in between. Far few and far in between. Yeah, all right few and far in between um, and focus on the days that you are getting it so you know your habit before may have been that every weekend you would have went completely off the of wheels went mad on drinking drugs and then had to start again on Monday if that doesn't happen every single week and happens every other week or every month or six or every six weeks or whatever I'm not recommending taking drugs but you know what I mean you get the idea um, then that becomes few and far in between and the habit is not going out and doing that. So having that um, and building up the consistency with that and recognizing that, you know, if we think about my fitness path as an example, it gives you the streak number that keeps you sort of locked into it in terms of ticking the boxes. And if you don't tick that box, or you don't open the app or you don't track your food, it takes that streak away from you, um, which is fine. And if you, like me, get fucked off with it after a while and you lose the streak, you probably are potentially not going to track food for a while. But I think it's the thing about recognizing that not every day is going to be a perfect one. Draw a line in the sand and get back on it the next day. Uh, and I guess if we sort of relate that to training, people are like, oh, I missed my training today. The rule that I have for that is if you miss it one day, you definitely cannot miss the second day. Uh, and it's as simple as that. You know, you just set yourself those boundaries or those guidelines or whatever it is. Um, another one here is eating. Uh, I eat like shit. That is, for me, that's more of a lack of education or a lack of knowledge. Uh, and I always put this one down to fault and responsibility. So the majority of us have the eating habits that we have due to the people who brought us up, our parents or whoever it was. Uh, and I think given the sort of difference in generation, parents didn't necessarily Parents years ago didn't necessarily have the information that we have now, so they weren't as well informed about food or processed food or junk food or whatever. So we all have these sort of natural eating habits that have been handed down to us, I say, I would say, from our parents. But the thing that I tend to sort of 
focus or direct on that is the responsibility. While it is not necessarily our fault that we are the way we are or that we have the habits we do whenever it comes around food, it sure as shit is our responsibility to change them. Um, and if not for our own selves, but for the generations that come after us, because we have the knowledge and we have the the resources and we have the the food is available, everything is, is available and it's just a neglect thing more than anything if you're not making that conscious decision to to provide a better future for you know your future kids or your kids if you have them or whatever. Um, and that's something that I see time and time again or hear time and time again that it is, you know, I don't ask people why they're here and it is they want to set a good example for their kids. Um, you know, they wanna they wanna live a life, a healthy lifestyle that includes looking after themselves, their training, their cardio, their nutrition, their recovery, everything in in one bigger picture so that they can be around longer for their kids, but ultimately they can lead by example with the hope that they will then live a similar or better quality life down the line. Um, accountability one is obviously a big one um, thing that I would say about that is if you don't have a coach, get a coach if you can't afford a coach, find a group whether it is a group based training or whether it is a group online or whether it is the WeHack Health community or whether it's a friend or whatever it is somebody that you can hold yourself accountable to um, and whatever way we're wired as humans we don't have an issue with letting ourselves down but we sure as shit will not let other people down, whatever way that um, whatever way our minds work on that one so find someone and either whether it's a gym partner or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve find someone to hold you accountable um, I think that's another exciting thing about the group because uh, it, it'll be a group of people who are not only accountable to me but they're accountable to each other and they won't want to let the group down um, and again if I delve a little bit deeper into that you know 90% of them work in a similar sort of industry and whether it is a case of they potentially will have to see each other at conferences or events or whatever it is. Um, I think there's a deeper level of accountability that comes with that. Um, partner one, um, in terms of like support from your partner. This is a, often a challenge that I see. I see this one quite a lot and a couple of things will happen. Number one, you potentially have not spoken to or explained or elaborated on what it is that you actually struggle with. And why it is that you're trying to make a change? You haven't well, you haven't had that conversation at a deep enough level with the people here around you, whether it's your partner, friends, family, or whatever. Um, and that's sometimes something that you definitely need to do to make sure they're on the same page. The other thing is, it may be a case that they're just fucked off because you said this a hundred times in the past, and you stick at it for a week, and you don't end up following through for it. So they have a lack of faith or a lack of belief in you and they don't really get on board with it because it's just another one of those things or it's a phase or it's a health kick or whatever. Um, or the other cases, they are supportive and they support you in everything that they do. But ultimately, I think it just comes down to having a conversation with that person, tell them what you want to achieve, tell them what you're struggling with and tell them why you want to make a change. Um, and, you know, I hear it all the time. It's like, well, my girlfriend or my wife or my husband or my partner, you know, they brought home junk food or they brought home chocolate or they brought home cookies or they brought home whatever the fuck it is. While that is not very supportive towards your goals, we're all adults here and it does not fucking mean that you have to eat these things. Um, every decision that you make is your own, regardless of what's going on around you. And I realize that that's easier said than done, but again, it comes back to the, the mindset thing of, is this in line with the person that I want to become? And all we can do is manage our own decisions and manage the things that we can control. And ultimately, 
those decisions fall on you. So every decision that you've ever made up until this point has led you to where you're at right now, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, fit or unfit, skinny, tall, fat, tall one, maybe not so much, but anything else beyond that. Um, every decision that you've made up to this point is, is what has led you here. But the good thing about that is every decision you make from this point will lead you to become the person that you want to become. And all we can do is lead by example. And if we don't have support from the people around us, then there is obviously the option to cut them out, depending on what level of relationship you have with them. Or if it's not, if it's not that easy, um, you can just continue doing what you're doing, uh, reap the benefits, and sure as shit, we'll see people follow on from that. So yeah, support, have a conversation. If that doesn't work out, just do what you need to do and make your own decisions based on that. Uh, I think we're probably on for time there. See the reflection. 33 minutes. Yeah, we're good. Cool. I'm not going to any further ones. Um, I guess thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to everybody who listens to you. And again, you know, I've spoken about this recently. It's so funny having conversations with people about the new program because it's like, oh, I've listened to every episode and this and that. And they talk about and they talk about a previous conversation or this podcast and the things that help them and and you know it's so rewarding for me because aside from today i just enjoy having a conversation um i it's just having a conversation with dave today i'm having a conversation with myself but uh it's just something that i really enjoy doing and i'm glad that people are getting the benefit from it i'm glad to see the community grow i'm glad to see more and more people come on board take control of their life people losing 40 50 60 pounds people putting on 10 20 30 pounds whatever the goal is or whatever direction they're trying to go uh and it's cool to see that it's just come from two guys recording a podcast uh, and the impact that that can have not only on them as a person, but the people around them and, and their, their close friends and or colleagues or whatever it is. So it's been very cool. So thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who shares. Thank you to everybody who tags. Hashtag we have health. Thanks to everybody who is in the Discord. Thanks to everybody who's on social media. Just appreciate every single one of you. Um, and we will continue to do this for as long as I see fit or can record a podcast. And even situations like today, total shit show and it would have been easy for us to think you know what fuck it we'll just not uh upload one um and now we're gonna have this frankenstein <laughs> frankenstein mashup of whatever the fuck dave spoke about whatever the fuck i've just spoken about and i think i'll probably try and get the half hour that is recorded or was recorded last monday and just put them all together so thanks for listening over to ben and dave i'll catch you next week Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. It is. It's another week. It it's is. another week. It and uh, you're going to be in the United States again starting tomorrow. So when this podcast hits, you'll be, I believe, in what, New York? Yes. Trying to adjust There's yeah. my camera. My camera. Uh, sometimes it gets fives? a little fuzzy. <laughs> see see, see how it gets a little fuzzy there? I need, to, I need to turn that off. Sometimes my camera gets a little fuzzy. Uh, yes, so whenever, so we're recording this on the 31st of October, which is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, Happy Halloween. And then because tomorrow I fly. So next week when this gets released on the whatever Tuesday that is, 7th, then I'll be over there. So yeah, I'll be in New York. But yes, I travel tomorrow. That's which awesome. I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, Ben's coming into town, obviously. So you know, you got to get him the true, 
Halloween America experience. You you guys don't have like Halloween or haunted houses over there, right? No, not while. No, I'm just going to say no, we don't. So, uh, you know, I'm like, well, Ben's never been to a haunted house before, so I need to figure out, uh, you know, a way to properly introduce him to haunted houses here in the States. And so there's uh, one of the scariest haunted houses in the country happens to be in Ohio. And it happens to be uh, the week where they do what's called blackout, which is even more intense. Um, and so it just happens the, to be just have, and I you just happen, happen to be, to be there. Just see that. Who knew, right? <laughs> right. And so uh, what it is, is uh, this, it's an old uh, slaughterhouse from like the 1940s, like a legit slaughterhouse. And uh, so the whole, you know, theme of it is, you know, a, a undead slaughterhouse type of thing. And we went this last week with a bunch of buddies and uh, it was intense and it's going to be even more intense because uh, uh, this weekend when we go, uh, they turn off all the lights and you get a small, tiny flashlight and they can push you around and throw you up against walls and stuff like that. So uh, it's going to be I'm just really insane. glad that you're so much bigger than me so I can just <laughs> the whole time. Dude, I'm going to be jumping and screaming like a child. Uh, like, I'm actually, when I think about it, I'm like, think about it. I mean, like, you have a tiny flashlight you can't see around you. So if you move a flashlight this way and there's a guy over here, I mean, he could be right up in your face as you come yeah, back to here. Yeah, I mean, it's going to yeah, scare the shit. Yeah. And, and then they could push you or throw you or whatever. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, you thought I, you was like, I know what would get banned. This would be hilarious. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to do that too. Yeah, I got to do it too, <laughs> which is really scary. Well, funny story. So, uh, my son Mason is really into haunted houses, loves them. And uh, he's done Mansfield Reformatory, which is a really cool one. It's an old uh, maximum security prison built in 1910. Um, nice. And that's where they filmed like the Shawshank Redemption. So, they turned into this massive haunted house. He loves haunted houses. So, I'm actually taking him the day after on Saturday, but they're not allowed to do the touching and stuff like that, but it's still going to be the blackout thing. So Mason's like already freaking out as well. So I love haunted houses. So we'll see how this goes. I've never done the touch passes because, you know, I don't want, you know, a bunch of kids basically pushing you, throwing me around. I feel like that's like <laughs> ridiculous. So, but I had to do it when you were here. So it'll be a first experience for both of us. Yeah, great. <laughs> if I don't make it, if this is the last podcast record. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm in the Chippewa Lake slaughter. <laughs> we have died. And uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been a good run. <laughs> no, but I'm looking forward to it. We have some cool stuff, man. We're going to get a couple of sessions in. Um, we're going to do a coaching day at Trusted Tech. Um, we're going to go to, what is the name of the gym? Old School Iron. Old School Iron. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's another gym that I keep thinking of when it's like Iron Religion or something. But yeah, Old School Iron. So we're going to go there. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to hanging out. Yeah, old school iron. If you haven't listened to our prior prior podcast, it's one of the coolest uh, gyms here in Cleveland. It's uh, you can buy like, well, a protein shake, some merch, and then if you need any ammunition for your gun, you can get yes. it all in the same place after training your biceps. Like, what more yep. could you need? What more could you need, man? And it's uh, I mean, they got like a thousand different machines. It's huge. It's probably the biggest gym that I've ever lifted in, and it's like old school bodybuilders. Like, there are some big, big, big boys in there that I have never seen before. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, going out there and uh, having fun. So it'll be good to get some cut some lifts in this week, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, so hey, how did how did the shoot go, dude? The shoot went very well. Um, We're talking about photo is, shoot, by the way, not not shooting, yeah, just not shooting. But, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the photo shoot went well. Um, so for anybody who had like gone or hadn't been listening, I was prepping for a photo shoot, um, which happened on Saturday. The studio. Bailey studio. So Bailey, Chris Bailey is like, he does the photos at like the Olympia and the Arnold's like, he's the guy that shoots all the professional bodybuilders. He's the coolest fucking guy you'll ever meet in your life. Flip flops, flip flops on like long hair, like down, so downstairs in the, where I sent you the photo of the, the like cable stack. It's like, 
you can see downstairs with like just like covered but not it's see-through but he has like four harleys parked down it's just badass he's a cool guy but anyway the the studio is set up like an old school gym and they obviously have like the studio bit as well but really really fucking cool studio like he's a cool guy and incredible photographer and as soon as like he, he had the camera set up it had come up on the screen straight away so you could see the images straight away so it was a cool experience the one thing i will say in that sort of group environment was a bit it wasn't the usual photo shoot experience i would say so i would like to shoot with bailey again and i have actually booked another shoot with martin um for the start of december so prep isn't over yet but yeah it was really good uh, and then I had some really good food, had some solid donuts, had a really, really, really I don't know whether the burger was as good as I thought it was, or it was just because of the, the situation, but it was good. Glad I did it. And um, for anybody who's looking, I'm not as bad a color as I thought. Yeah. You look, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because you have like the, I got the, I got the, the purple light. It'd be funny though, yeah. whenever we're stay beside each other tomorrow and you're white and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get a tan just in case today. <laughs> <laughs> you maybe shoot. That's maybe not I should. Bad idea. I'll, I should, actually I should you, I'll actually send you the video or the photo that James sent me. So me and him got a photo taken. He's much taller than I am. I'm much wider than I was. And it's just a funny <laughs> contrast because I look small, like short. And I'm not that short, but I look much shorter. But anyway, it was really good. Um, it was good to get over there. It was good to just have a conversation with James in person and sort of see what was going on um, and see a couple of other clients and stuff. And then... Uh, and then we spoke at VetTechCon, which was good. Yeah, we really did good that. turnout. I think we had like, I want to say like 45 people or so, which, yeah. is, which is a yeah. great turnout. Good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some great feedback, great communication. Um, a lot and, of questions know, being asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, so I, 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 I'm, I wish more people would understand the fundamentals and basics of all of this, right? Because like once you have those, like you have the right tools to be successful. And I think that's, what we're really lacking in the health and fitness industry. Like, you know, we talk about it a lot, but our, our bodies are designed to be put under stress. And if they don't, they basically break down and, you know, nutrition, you know, how, how our bodies work as a, a well and machine, like all those fundamental concepts of macros and calories in versus calories out and that type of stuff. Like, you know, we covered some, a lot, a lot of basics and most of the folks were asking basic questions and that's good, you know, that they're asking those questions to understand. But, you know, a lot of the, the questions were like, where do I go from a, a source or authoritative perspective to get a good understanding around the basics, basically, because there's so much, you know, information out there that's misleading around, you know, diets and fitness and taking supplements and all this other bullshit that, you know, if you don't have the foundation around nutrition and regular, regularly scheduled resistance training or cardio, whatever you're doing, you know, you're going to have a hell of a time staying consistent with it. So, you know, it was really good to go through that, and I really appreciate Vetsacon for having us. And I thought the the talk went really good, and uh, a lot of awesome. It's a good input. time that they had us back for a second year. Like we must, have yeah, yeah. Like that's good. That's good to be invited back. It's good to be invited the first time, but it's good to be invited back again. I think that's a plus. But yeah, I think that, and I feel like we'd have enough time. Like I, it's so much to cover in an hour. Like I feel yeah. like we could do that for six hours if we wanted to. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's exactly what you're saying. Like with the people. Because it's so basic, they don't believe that that's what it is that they need. Do you know what I mean? It's like they want the the secret sauce or they want the, you know, the extreme thing or whatever it is. And it's like if you nail the basics and you're consistent with it over time, like you will make progress. And that is is it a long and short of it. So, yeah, it was good. It was good to get some feedback. It was good to be able to answer some questions and it was good to be yeah. able to do that for sure. Yeah. And so uh, that well, what's going on with you? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I mean I, I was more excited about you, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I had a really fun weekend. I got to go see the Smashing Pumpkins, uh, which was really cool, and it was um, you know, a situation where I had some really good seats um, that were way high up. I brought my kids with me, 
uh, to go and see it, which might have been a little bit of a mistake because uh, Jane's Addiction was the opening band, and uh, they had some scant- uh, scantily clad women dancing on poles and things like that. I was like, oh, crap. You know, like, I, like, I might have made a mistake. <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't plan. <laughs> I didn't plan. I didn't think about that. I was like, especially Pumpkins, you know, they barely swear at any of their songs. You know, they're a pretty good band, and I uh, didn't think about the whole Jane's Addiction thing. So, But, uh, you know, we we're so far back that you really couldn't see much and that you know that i'm sure the boys were probably trying to zoom in on their freaking phone or something like that but uh, you know but uh good good concert had a lot of fun but what's funny about that is um talking about consistency is i got there and have um this like kind of like a food spread buffet type of thing in the back it's like uh you know club seats where you can kind of go in the back and they have food and stuff already prepared for you and uh you know what i focused on was protein right so i went there they had some um you know like lamb uh on a bone they had um, you know, chicken, they had, you know, all of these different things of protein. And that's basically what I focused on when I was eating there. I was like, you know, Hey, I'm going to go in and just focus on things that I know my body needs. And, and I'm, I'm going to stay away from, you know, the massive dessert spread that they have here, the crazy caloric calorie, you know, drinks and all this other stuff. I was drinking water and diet Coke, um, and, um, had a pretty good, pretty good time. So that was a lot of fun. And, uh, today I finally officially finished uh, hell week at orange theory. Um, so there, or, uh, if you're not familiar with, uh, Hell Week for Orange Theory, it's basically, you have to complete four, uh, classes within a week time frame during the Halloween time frame a week. And so I completed my fourth class today. And uh, it was funny because, uh, it was like a partner tag your type of thing. So you have to go from like the tread to weight room. And once you finish the rating, you tag your partner that's on the, um, on the rower. And that person that goes to the tread does the, does the, uh, the gym room and me, I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a competitive situation, but I make it a competitive situation as, as usual. So, you know, I, the first one you have to do is you have to do 0.1 miles, you know, and at, at 15% incline. Okay. So 15% is like, like really high up. It's the max that the, that the thing can go. I did 12 miles per hour for 0.1 miles at a 15%, I was just maxing out the entire thing. Like, and people are like looking at me, I'm just like, ha, ha, I'm going, I'm just going as fast as I possibly can. And uh, I'm a complete idiot. My, you know, my heart rate's already at like 96. So I looked at my max heart rate today and my normal max heart rate is usually like 182, 181. I was at 197. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I made it, I made it through. And, and the lady that I was tagging, she's like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not expecting you to, you know, just, I'm just trying to beat everybody else. So she, what, (laughs) what, get on the fucking (laughs) I felt so bad. I was just like, you know, just do what you could do. You know, obviously it's your thing. And, uh, and so, but I, we, we made it through and I got my, my t-shirt that I'll never wear, but at least I completed hell week. And, uh, so it was a lot of fun. Had a good time. So, yeah. Good. And we're going to do, uh, orange theory on, on Wednesday. That's right. Uh, Jenna is so excited. She gets, she gets so happy. She's like, Ben's coming again. Are you kidding me? This is going to be awesome. I love Ben. So she's, uh, she's I'll excited. I have to be a little bit point. more enthusiastic than I was the last time. She, <laughs> she was all high fives and I was like, yeah, great. Like, can we just get started? <laughs> you got to stop, you got to stop dropping, uh, uh, UK coins on the, uh, I might the bring floor, more so. like, a, like <laughs> I'm a fucking leprechaun just dropping gold coins everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it because I think I'll be much better in terms of like fitness levels and whatever else. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. 
So that was, it was a good week, but, um, overall, you know, back to it, I got a new training program, uh, that you just submitted. So I've been did, taking a peek at did. that. I wrote that. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. wait. Uh, you know, 14, legs, uh, legs, legs day, seven, 14, legs day, 14 <laughs> times, 14 times a week. <laughs> we have to train. So, I mean, not to totally derail our sound conversation, but we have to train legs in your gym this week because I haven't trained legs in your gym yet. So we need yeah. whatever way you're going to look at that program, whatever the days work out. Yeah. I guess Thursday, maybe whatever day. Be- it doesn't matter. Anyway, whatever day we need to do it. I'm going to train legs there before we go anywhere else, because I haven't, we've always managed to avoid it some way. And I don't know whether that's a you thing or anything, but it's been avoided anyway. So we'll train legs there, um, <laughs> this week. This sort of I think it's, I think it's anyway. because we always get so busy and legs does take a long time, you know, cause you got to load and unload the weights and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll, but, we'll be there. We'll It'll be half time unloading, unloading. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes, you've got a new training program, which I'm super excited about. Um, just something a little bit different with it. Um, and I had a lot of fun writing it. So I'll be interested to see. We'll go through it this week, see how you get on, see if there's anything I need to adapt or change that I can obviously do when I'm over there. We'll run that for a few weeks and then we'll maybe add in a second rotation of it too, just to sort of keep the focus sort of like slightly longer term. But yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, putting the plan together, and I can't wait to start working through it. Today will be the first day, so we'll see. Um, yeah, so, I hear from you again. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so funny because uh, people, uh, people uh, on Twitter, sorry to keep this written, know, you know, people on Twitter are like, oh, yeah, you know, it'll be brutal for him. I'm like, the only thing it would be brutal for Dave if I told him that he couldn't train anymore. Like, if I was yes. like, yeah, he's going to have to do yes. load weeks for six months. Like, yeah, that, that would, that that would be, break that, me. Yeah, that would yeah. break me. Yeah, that'd yeah. break me. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be yeah. done. That's, it's funny because, like, you know, you think about things like, you know, if you ever, if I ever needed surgery, you know, it, they, I, you know, my first question to them would be how long am I going to be out of training? How long is recovery? <laughs> if, there, if it's anything more than like three weeks, not happening. I don't care what it is. I'm like, Nope. I'm like, I'm, like I'm good. I'm not interested. I'm good. I'm just gonna keep going. Like what, but sir, you know, like, Nope. I'm like, sorry, if you could, if you could shave down my time window to like two weeks, three weeks max, I'll consider it. But anything more than that is not happening. So, um, and even I thought a week later, you'd be dying. Like, just, I'll just do bicep curls or something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, everybody's making fun of me on the on Twitter because yesterday was my my rest day, and I decided to um, uh, uh, clean clean my gym. Sundays are usually my gym cleaning day, so I do a deep scrub of everything and make sure it's nice and clean, and you know, windows and mirrors and everything else to make sure it's it's nice and good. And uh, people are like, "Oh, that's a nice way to." pretend that you're not lifting, but you still have to lift the weights to clean them. I'm like, that's actually a good point. I'm like, that's why I was doing some tonal bicep curls and things like that. That's other thing. And so, you know, no, but uh, it was good to give you a clean gym. Get, get ready for you on Tuesday. So good. Looking forward to absolutely wrecking the place. Yeah. Me and, Card- me and Cardi B. Cardi B. Cardi B. So, well, anyways, uh, I'm glad you're doing good. Can't wait to see you. Um, today's topic, I want to hit on two kind of important topics. Uh, one, I just wanted to go over some brief, uh, uh, new research that came out as of just like last month on um, testosterone replacement therapy, uh, just from how important that is from a, ma- uh, a male perspective. And, and obviously women uh, from an estrogen perspective uh, hit the new study, what that, what that means. And then um, second, uh, we get a lot of questions on how do I find the time? And we've talked about time management in and out quite a bit, but I think it's important to hit it back again, just to talk about how we dedicate our time and how you start off small in small increments. And then from there, once you get into more of a routine, you start to find where you want to prioritize yourself. And this is all about prioritization of your life, right? And I think the biggest challenge that most folks realize is that you have a lot more time than you think uh, in your day-to-day business. It's just what do you prioritize as most important? 
And when health and fitness become a priority, I'm not saying it's most important. I'm not saying it's above your family. I'm not saying it's above your job or work. But when it becomes more of a priority in your life, you find the right times to do things. And, you know, I struggled at first with time management because, you know, I started off small, you know, maybe one hour, three or four times a week. And that impacted kids' sports and things like that. And so I had to figure out, like, well, how am I going to still get this in throughout the day? And so my days were kind of chaotic at first as I started to figure out, like, hey, how do I balance this? And, you know, what I found is that, listen, the day before I try to plan when I'm going to get my lift in, and it's a, that's a hard time that I'm going to do it. And we'll talk about then how do you manage and plan your time. And, and there are days where my day's just jam-packed and there's no chance of me getting lift in. So what do I do? I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I go and I work out. So I know that I have to go to bed a little bit earlier and I need to wake up a little bit earlier so that I can get my lift in in the morning uh, and not deal with not, you know, not missing lift, but it's, it's never an option for me to miss my trading day. It just, it just doesn't happen because it's a priority just as being there for your kids to drop them off at a sports event or be there and involved in their life or, you know, mowing the lawn or, you know, you know, doing yard work or putting deodorant on. Those are all things that you have to do as part of your day to day. And it's a priority for you, obviously, because you have to do it. It's the same thing we talk about health and fitness. This is a priority for you. And I'll tell you, um, the mornings, I, when I, we first started this podcast, you listened early on, my mornings uh, were usually reserved for me to sleep. And I'd wake up, uh, you know, and I'd, I'd get a lift in in the afternoon or during lunch. And I enjoyed that for a while. But what I found is that if I lift in the morning, uh, I feel 10 times better lifting in the morning because I've already accomplished something strenuous. My body's already been, you know, under duress and tasked with something to accomplish. And I, I wake up in the morning on a really good note. You know, my, I'm already finished with something. I've already done something for myself. And now the rest of the day is already in a positive note. Even if I have a total shit day, I still accomplish something amazing uh, that allows me to be there. So we'll talk about that. Anything yeah, to add to I think that? I, yeah, yeah. I think so. Just what you said there about priorities. I, just, I caught something that Stephen Bartlett posted on Instagram over the weekend. Um, and he basically talks about everything that he has achieved, every dream that he's ever done, everybody that's ever been involved in his life, his family, his girlfriend, all his businesses, everything that he's ever done. If you take one of those things away, his day-to-day -day in his life will still function in some capacity. But he prioritizes his health because if someone takes that away, he can't do any of those other things. So what he was trying to get at is basically, you may have all these other plates spinning. And if someone takes one of those plates away, it's fine. Like it maybe will be hard to deal with or whatever else, but your life will still go on. But if someone takes away the health plate, you're absolutely fucked because you can't do any of these yeah. other things. So I would almost say that it should be a priority above everybody, everything else. And I'm going to say everybody else too, because you need to be able to, it's the same thing. And every time I'm on a plane, I think in the hair, there's on oh, your mask on first. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But it is about like prioritizing that above everything else. So I think regardless of what you're doing or what you're trying to achieve or what you have going on in your life or who you have in your life or, you know, goals, businesses, work, studying, like, health needs to be a priority because you won't be able to do any of those things whether it's you run a business and you want to be a fucking billionaire it doesn't fucking matter if you're a billionaire and you don't have your health so you need to make sure that you're prioritizing the things that are important and i know that it can be easy easier said than done but as you said you know there is enough time and it's just about sort of scheduling it and being on top of things and i think the one thing that i've sort of realized over the past i guess five months is the more that you do or the more that you have to do, the more that you can get done, if that makes sense. So yeah. I have become busier and busier and busier just with different things. And 
the more that I have to fit into my day, the more I can fit into my day because I'm forced to actually do it. Whereas I find potentially before and definitely, you know, whenever I transitioned from working on the Zoom floor to just fully online, like I had a lot more freedom with my time in terms of before that, you know, I had to work to a client schedule based on they could do this or this or this or, and then I would maybe have two hour block. And then I just had all this free time during the day. And I find that I was almost less productive in the day because I had so much time, but now it's like, okay, right, I've got an hour to get this done because at this time I need to go and do this. And then I need to come back because I'm recording a podcast and then I've got calls. So I have to train at that time. And it's the, I have to do it at this time yeah. because if I don't, I'm not going to get it done. Yeah. And that, that, that consistency around your time management is what the whole secret sauce is, right? The whole secret sauce on, on making prioritization is making sure that you plan your day out the way that you need to, instead of just YOLOing and saying, well, I already have all these things that are like, you know, a good example is I, I run two companies um, and I get hit from every single direction you can possibly imagine, especially uh, Mondays and Fridays happen to be my train wreck days because everybody over the weekends, like boiling up emails that they needed to send me last week and they procrastinated it on. So Monday I get hit with like 7,000 emails and requests and things to that effect. And then Friday I get hit with all the people that procrastinated the whole week and they're like, Oh shit, it's the end of the week. I need to hit Dave up, you know, before he gets it. So my Mondays and Fridays are totally insane, but it, you know, from, I, I like to plan a week in ahead of what my, my schedule is going to look like, but it never works out that way because people are like, oh, I see you have 15 minutes here. Oh, you have a half hour here. I could, I could sneak in a meeting or a time here to go and do this. So my calendar is continuously a juggle and a work in progress. Like my cal- But my calendar is what I live by. Like if it's not on my calendar, it is not happening, period. Like I, I'm, if someone is like, hey, I have an urgent invite. Like if I can't cancel other meetings, it's just not happening because I don't have enough time to field every single thing that happens in a day or a week. And then you get, you know, folks that are asking questions on social media about like getting into the industry or you have mentors that you're, you're working in that need attention and time. Then you obviously have the family aspects when you get home or you have late meetings that were scheduled based on time zone changes. So, you know, your, di- your days are going to be very unique and dynamic based on your situations and who you are and your job and responsibilities and everything else. But that still doesn't have to impact yourself, right? And when, when I'm that busy, again, I block off time in my calendar to know that I'm going to work out. So I know tomorrow, you know, I have a meeting first thing in the morning at nine o'clock uh, in the morning, uh, which is which is my first meeting for the day. I know that I need to be done, showered, ready to go, changed by eight forty-five, right? Which means that I have to be in the gym by seven o'clock or six thirty, so that I can spend enough time in the gym for what I need to do and what I need to to, to break out. So I know I'm going to already be accomplished by eight forty-five ready to start the day by nine o'clock in the morning for my day to start. Same thing happens if I have an eight o'clock meeting. Okay, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. You know, that's what I have to do. So, you know, I try to stay with my calendar to, to start at like nine o'clock in the morning. It's kind of 8.30 or nine o'clock is my kind of my starting point for the day, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes I have a 7.30 meeting. Guess what? I'm waking up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, to go get my workout in, uh, especially if I don't have time in the afternoon or things like that. You know, days that I have or in theory though are a little bit more complex because you know, I can't, uh, I just don't have it in me, believe it or not, to do orange steering lifting at the exact same time. So like, I can't lift first, then go to orange steering. I'm exhausted. It's just too much to put in my body, you know, three and a half hours of basically doing, you know, uh, crazy work. And that's why we have lighter days. So like Wednesday, I don't have to lift. I just do orange theory. And then Mondays, I typically have a smaller time lifting, you know, usually like a 45 minute workout, um, you know, lift on, on, on Mondays that have orange steering. But I still have to plan that lift in the afternoon time-wise. So I make sure my Mondays are always booked 
from a time perspective, to at least have an hour for lifting in that day. So again, on the time management aspects, I look at this, and, and by the way, my schedule has grown this way over time. This isn't something that happens overnight, by the way. You know, I, we're not saying you should lift, you know, five days a week or four days a week or six days a week or whatever it ends up being. Start off small, you know, if you're just going on getting steps, you know, blocking off an hour to go and get your steps in or blocking off an hour to do resistance training three times a week, you know, those are the things that will have a big impact. And then once you start creating a habit and forming those habits and you start to enjoy what you're doing, I just saw a tweet uh, the other day, and I, it's mistaking me in who, who, who sent it. Um, I wish, God, I should, I should I, I'll find it as we're, we're going through these tweets because it was such a good tweet. It was something to the fact of like, man, I, I didn't realize how much I love going to the gym, and I can't believe my mind has switched to being able to do this um, and enjoying it. Now it's my priority. It was something to that effect, right? And, and it's funny because we all have gone through that switch. And we've all also been in the area where we're like, we don't want to fucking lift ever. Like, I hate going to the gym. I hate the gym. The gym sucks. Why would I go and put myself through stress? And then, like, you get to this point where you're like, listen, if I got to go more than two days without lifting, I'm going to be pissed. You know, like, you know, so there's... You do not want to see me. You do not want to see me. It's actually funny. So I had a call yeah. with Armand earlier on, and he was talking about just a bit of transition that he had to do with work. And he basically said to, to his boss, he was like, look... I'll be able to do this and I can come to wherever you are, but you need to know that I need time to train. Like whatever we have to do, however many hours that we need to put in, like whatever has to happen, I'm okay with that. As long as you prioritize it, I can get my lift in somewhere throughout the day. And it's funny, like you said, we all go through that transition and it's fine. And I always try to put it back. Like it's easy for us to say this in terms of we feel it, we have been through the transition. So this is the space that we're in, but if you're not in that space, you haven't gone through that sort of transition as the, and you're still in that headspace of like, fuck the gym, I don't want to do it. Like it is hard to sort of see how you can be in that mindset of you have to get it in throughout the day. And it, it, I guess for me, it comes down to that sort of addiction side of things, like being addicted to the to the, yeah. the sort of progress. and Healthy addiction, yes. Yeah, still healthy, 100%. But like, you know, it's, it's a case of like being able to get it in regardless of where you are and, and what you got going on. And even talking to James over the weekend, like, for me, whenever I started with James, I don't know if anybody remembers the conversation, but he asked me what my physique goals were because he's a physique transformation coach. Like that's what he does. And I was like, Look, to be honest, James, I don't really have any. Like all I need is you to help me think and focus better, have more energy, and be able to sort of handle a yeah. bigger workload. And to me, the gateway to that is through training and nutrition. And over time, it has evolved. And obviously, the physique side of things has come as a as a byproduct. But it just comes down to like getting into that headspace of being able to do the things. And I genuinely don't believe I would be able to handle the capacity of stuff that I have going on at the minute. If I hadn't have sort of spent the past five or six months building up to, to where I am now and the sort of the strong mindset that comes along the, the physical strength as well. And even you talking about like playing about with things and, and making your day what you needed to be to fit everything in like today, shit you like got back from Nottingham yesterday leaving to go to Ohio tomorrow, one day to do everything that I need to do up at 4am. Thankfully, the clock's changed, so it was a little bit easier. Up at 4am, had all of my check-ins done by half seven before Harper got up, was able to get her up, got her to take her, came back, start straight into calls. The only way I could do that was to get up and get those things out of the way. Then I went to train and then calls, podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I had to do it. That was the only way that I could do it. And I know that you're a fan of getting up in the morning and getting your training in. I'm a fan of getting now, up in the morning. Now, I was not before. Yes. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I'm a fan of getting up in the morning and getting a big block of work done. So getting yeah. check-ins done because it's something that we've done on that day. Yeah. And having some time in between that I can go. I'm, I'm fortunate that I will say that because of the time difference, I have that sort of dead time in, during the day that if I get my check-ins done before all you guys in America get up, I have a bit of time that I can go to the gym, come back and sort of start in the call. So I am fortunate in that way, but I've had people say to me, yeah, yeah, but it's easy for you to do that. I'm like, yeah, so fucking easy to get up at 4 a.m. and start up. Like, <laughs> it's an absolute breeze. Yeah. But I enjoy it. It's distraction-free. I'm up before everybody else. I get the shit done. I'm the most productive in that day. And as you said, like that, I, that's my thing that I've accomplished. I mean, I've got all of that shit done before I even have got heartbroken, got her off the dicker. One one thing that's also helped me is having kind of a battle buddy. Uh, this is a term that is used very heavily in the, the military. Uh, having somebody that you know you're relying upon, they're relying relying upon you. So having a buddy you can go to and work out with. And I've been working out with one of my one of my good friends, uh, Chris, who lives you know five minutes down the road from me. And obviously, I have a very nice gym in my basement, so we've been lifting. Quite frequently uh, in our basement. Don't worry, Ben. I still love you too, buddy. Um, no, I was like, but- friends with Chris, friends with Rob. What the fuck? <laughs> There's a lot of space in my heart. Too There's many a lot of space friends, in my heart. A lot of space. Friends. I have a big fuck heart. This. I have a big heart. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it's been nice with Chris. Is you know, Chris is an early riser. Like he wakes up at like four o'clock in the morning, which that's not effing happening. Okay, listen, I, I have some extremes. Like like you know, I feel like I'm a morning person now, but I'm not that morning. So Chris, you can have that's your four a.m. It's that's not, not yeah, that's that's night. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> What's, what's nice though is having someone that you can rely upon uh, that you know is going to be there. Cause like there's times where I'm like, Oh, it's fucking five o'clock in the morning. I got to be up. He's going to be here at five 30. I'm like, he's going to be here at five 30. There's nothing I can do. So, you know, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do it, you know? And, and that, that was really resonant with me. Um, so Friday, you know, we had gone out to uh Hanna house hopping. So every year I rent a party bus and we all go drinking and we have pizza and everything else. And, you know, it's funny. Cause like I calculated all the calories that I was going to eat and drink uh, before I even got into the bus. So I was just basically like slamming protein shakes throughout the day to keep my protein levels high and my calorie levels low. And then I had two pieces of pizza. I had some, you know, some snacks like popcorn thingies and some other stuff that I incorporated into there. And then I just had, you know, I had enough drinks that I was feeling good, but I didn't get out of control. And I started drinking water afterwards once I hit my calorie count. And I was, you know, you know, having a great time with some buddies. But the next morning, I definitely did not feel like lifting, right? And uh, I definitely did not feel like waking up, but Chris and I had already put in a time. And so we went and lifted on Saturday and I lifted legs. And you know what? I effing tore it up. I was deadlifting an ass ton of pounds. I was, you know, back squatting and doing everything else. It was a great session. I didn't miss it. And, uh, you know, those are the things you got to consider as you're doing the whole time management aspect of things. Um, so it's cool to have a buddy that you can work out with. And I'm sure you feel very similarly to when you're like lifting with like Helmy or, you know, other folks. It's, it's good to get different Helmy's perspectives. and. Helmy is a very, very big one. I was, I was looking at his Instagram page the other day, and he's like, he's like, oh, it feels good to be back in. You know, the conversions always f me up. So I like, I'm like, like two eighty. I'm like, there's no way it's fucking two eighty. It looks like six something. And I'm like, oh, it's kgs. That's right. So, so he's he's deadlifting six hundred fifty pounds for like six. And I'm like, what in the hell is this? Like, how is he doing that? It's insane. But he's a he's a monster, monster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it's exactly right. It's like, whatever way we're wired as humans. We will let ourselves down no end, but we sure as shit won't let anybody else down. So whether it's yeah. accountability in terms of a coach or a community or a group or like the client group or someone actually physically there that you're going to lift, like you said, you know, if Chris hadn't have been there on Saturday morning, you hadn't had that scheduled, would you have still got your lift in? 
probably later on in the afternoon, but you were, you wouldn't have got up early in the morning to get it done because it would have been an easier option not to. But he was there, you got it done, zero excuses, and it was done. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I think when you look at it, um, the account, and that's one of the things I would say, like from a success perspective, that has really helped me. And if you're just listening to this podcast and you're new to all of this and you're trying to figure things out and how to get yourself into a routine, you know, we, we've talked about the pillars of what gets you there, the mindset aspects, the nutrition, and nutrition is very important, you know, eating less calories than, than you're actually consuming. If you're doing more cardio, that doesn't mean eat more food. Um, but the accountability aspects and the community aspects, I can't emphasize enough. Like being in a community that surrounds you with positivity, you know, regardless of what your goals are, if you are happy with your weight and, you know, you're a bit on the overweight side and, you know, you're, you're having fun with lifting, you just want to be more stronger. I mean, there's a whole bunch of goals that we all have for ourselves and everybody's different. Um, and, and, you know, we are fine with all of that. You know, there's, there's no, it's what you want to accomplish out of life. Right. And even if get, you want to train for a marathon, we will support you. We yes. don't want to do it with you, but we will, we will do it with you. you and we, we will support, support you hundred percent. We will support the hell out of you, but we're just absolutely. And we're going to congratulate you at the end of it. And we're going to be super happy for you. We just don't want to do it. Okay. So everybody has their things. And actually, yeah. actually one thing to sort of that I, I've picked up in terms of the community, like obviously the, the hacks program is launching next week. And I've got everybody to sort of post the, like the tweet, the infographic on Twitter. And I've noticed everybody else who's on it is like straight on it. Like, let's go, you know, yeah. fucking rock gifts underneath. Like, and everybody's being supportive. And we haven't even started yet. It's like, it's going to be so cool to put all these people together this week, whenever I get them all into the discord channel. So it's cool to sort of see that happen before we've actually even got started. And that just comes down to the community and the support aspect as well. Well, and that's, that's what I was going to try to hit on is that, I can't emphasize enough and the importance around community and everything else that happens. I think, you know, community from my perspective is one of those things that really um, holds you accountable. It allows you to share your struggles and your experiences. And it makes you one of those things that, that, you know, it, it just amplifies your tribe. We just lost Ben. So we're going to hold off there for a minute. Yeah. Or whenever, just as long as I have the record. So I'm back. I've absolutely no idea what happened. But today, as I messaged the earlier on, because I have so much on and you have like no room for air, everything is fucking up. Everything is fucking up or broken or not working. And my camera just crashed. I don't know what it's doing. But anyway, we're back. Hopefully, this is a smooth transition from what <laughs> you were just saying. If not, yeah. people will get it. Yeah. Well, what we were talking about was. Uh, the community just, aspects of accountability. Link a different podcast, like different outfits, like podcast two twenty three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, but what we were what we were talking about was the accountability aspects of things and the in the community aspects, right? I can't emphasize enough how much yeah. tribes of similar nature account for time management, and everything else too. And that's one of the things that when I went into your program, Ben, you know, it was that same accountability aspect of I don't want to let you down, right? And now that we're friends, I even have a more amplified uh, sense of that, of not letting you down. So, you know, if I don't get my training block in, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is be like, shit, dude, listen, shit's fucked up right now. I can't, I got, you know, like I, I didn't do it. I feel bad. And you'd be like, well, how are you going to get it in today? You know, or no, no, just, you know, you'd be like, hey, you're going to get it in. Don't worry. But, you know, but it's one of those things where, where, you know, accountability, I think is really important. And that's, you know, in the military, I had a lot of accountability because you literally have somebody that forces you to do something all the time, but we have to take accountability for ourselves in this time management aspect and saying, 
listen, I'm going to change something. So if you're just getting into this and you're just starting off, uh, it's going to take time for you to like the gym. It's going to take time for your body to like this. New habits being formed are not something that our brains process very well. We have to keep doing it over and over again. That's why you hear very consistently all of these bodybuilders and people that are jacked as hell. They're like, it's literally just repetition. It's getting your body into a normal repetition of doing something and doing it over and over and over and over and over again until it accepts it and basically like, okay, this is what my normal day-to-day is. I'm going to accept it just like I wake up as I put on deodorant, as I brush my teeth, as I do everything else. So making time for yourself, I can't emphasize enough as one of the most critical aspects that you could possibly ever do um, is dedicating time for yourself to do this. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're out there going and getting it, you've already won 90% of the battle. You're already in the top 5% of people out there that are doing this for themselves, that have become, uh, have made it a habit and are doing it on a consistent basis. You are going to do awesome. We do great things. It's just, you know, if you're just starting off, going to do great things. It's just making sure you hold yourself accountable. Yeah. And I think the thing about it is like, it's exactly what you said. It's not, there's no like shortcuts to it. And it is just the basics and doing them well consistently. And that's often what fucks people up because they've heard so many times that they need to do this or it's this extreme thing or it's whatever else. It doesn't need to be that way. And if we're talking about time and you're just starting out, what you literally need to do is Look at your weeks, look at your days, look at where you allocate your time and think, right, okay, well, what can I pull back on or where do I need to do this? And I've sort of touched on this before that you need to remember that no matter what it is that you're doing or no matter how much time you commit to yourself or training, that that time is going to take away from something else. So whether it is work or whether it is your family or whether it is your hobbies or whether it is your friends, something will need to sacrifice somewhere. And you need to be okay with that sacrifice to spend that time to better yourself. But ultimately, for me, I think the, you know, if we relate it right back to the discipline perspective, once you start to establish those disciplines in your training and nutrition, they filter into every other aspect of your life. And I've said this time and time and time again, like it's, it's literally the gateway to inject discipline into your life is by monitoring your training and your nutrition. And then what happens is you become disciplined with your time, whether it's the time you go to bed or the time you get up at or the time that you spend playing video games or whatever it is, like you become disciplined with your time over time. And then you ultimately have capacity to do way more. And you've probably heard this too. It's like, I can't believe how much more time that I have because I've been doing all these things. And because I've been honest, I have more energy and more focused. I can get more done throughout the day. I have more capacity for more work. I have started a side project. I'm spending more time with my family and I'm still able to get all my stuff done from a training perspective, whatever it is. And I know that, if you're not in this space, you're, you, it just seems so far away. But trust me, if, if you just commit to putting that time in, even if it is two half-hour sessions a week, two 45-minute sessions a week, three one-hour sessions a week, whatever it is, if you find the time to do that, you it will blow your mind how much more time you actually have to get stuff done. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing I didn't recognize is like, you know, I even think when, I, when I first started my program, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm busy. Like, I'm running two companies. Like, I'm all over the place. I'm traveling all the time. Like, you know, I'm just going to tell you, like, I'm just going to be able to do you know, three sessions a week. And I'm like, if you put me in three sessions, I'd be pissed. Like, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, we, we, we've talked about this. Like, you know, are like, we not friends? Do we not friends? Yeah, like, yeah, did I piss you off? <laughs> but, uh, you know, but it changed drastically as I started building a habit and routine and I started managing my time management the appropriate way. And, you know, it was I would a say tough. you're busier. No, yeah, you, yeah. No. I would absolutely say I'm busier now than I ever have been. I, there's no question about it. Uh, my businesses have grown, you know, almost double the size since we, we started. Um, I have a lot of other things that are that are heading at the same time with other business ventures and things to that effect. So, you know, my 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 life is not 
you know, just mediocre and I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm busier than I ever have been before. Um, but I've made time for myself. And I think that's the most critical thing. And, and when you first start doing this, you know, if you're um, doing it, we just add something to just make it up. We're just like interject a little bit. Yo, we're back. Sorry. Um, I'm having a real shocker technical difficulties. It's all right. It's all right. Well, it might be make a little bit of a shorter podcast uh, today as we work through uh, Ben's technical glitches. I just want to see if the record it's not me. Uh, it's definitely Ben. It's definitely so. not. I, I, I actually don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, it could be Riverside too. Who knows? But uh, yeah. So, but uh, you know, again, you know, to close out the accountability aspects of things in time management, start small. As with everything we talk about on Hacking Your Health podcast, you know, if you're just looking at getting these routines, starting with 10,000 steps a day or 12,000 steps a day, you know, incorporating one or two, you know, half minute sessions or, you know, or not half minutes, half hour sessions or 45 minute sessions for doing some full body, you know, resistance training, and then eventually start to graduate into that as you get more and more accustomed to those habits. And you're going to want to do it. Trust me, your body's going to start to say, hey, this is actually pretty good. I like what it's doing here. I want to start to do more. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I there was a time, uh, and this was probably maybe six months ago or so, where I would have kind of like a, like, man, I really still want to go lift today, you know, type of, of perspective. And, and I don't know why it hit me there. Because, you know, I've been doing it obviously for like a year and a half, but it only lasted for like a month or so. And I can't say the last time that I've been like, oh, I want to, um, you know, not go lift. I like, I, I enjoy lifting. I can't wait for it. And it's funny. Cause like even days where I'm like, like sluggish or I don't feel like I have a lot of energy. I'm like, Oh, I gotta go get my lift in. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go do it. You know, it's like one of those things where I just have to go and do it. It's just like, I put on deodorant, just like I do. My, it, I haven't had that thought, you know, for six months, which has been great. Um, you know, around, uh, being like dreading ass to, to go to the gym. And I think that's changed a lot. So <laughs> so I am sitting it's Monday night the podcast is due to go live in about two and a half hours and I'm putting all the pieces together and this is the very end but it's so I'm so glad if you've made it this far thank you so much I really appreciate you but there's so many bits like if you don't watch it and you only listen to it <laughs> disappointment in Dia's face every time I disappeared uh, it was well worth it but apologies for the shit show we delivered on the content uh, longest episode <laughs> funniest episode and thank you again to everybody I'll see you next week